Bruce Yesterday, Mike Todd was all over the place, front page of TMZ, trending top five on Twitter for the illustration that he did, pulling out the scripture where Jesus spit in his hands, mixed it with mud, and put it in somebody's eyes to heal them. Well, he spit in his hands and didn't mix it with anything and put it on his brother's face, and it was super sus, and everybody's going crazy about it. Anyway, like, well, did the video yesterday. Go watch my analysis of that. I'm not going to unpack everything I said in that video, but what we are going to do is react to Mike Todd's response to this. I just want to acknowledge uh, what happened yesterday when the spit hit the fan. I watched it back, and um, it was disgusting. <laughs> like, that was... It was disgusting. Mike, I told you to, to call me, bro. It was disgusting. And this is great that he acknowledged that it was disgusting. This is a, a, a step in the right direction. That was a distraction to what I was really trying to do. I was really trying to make the word come alive and for people to see the story. But yesterday it got too live. And I own that. People to see Jesus. We want people to feel loved. We want people who are desperate to be able to find hope. And I'm passionate about that so much so that I try to do extreme things to help people get it. And yesterday he said he's passionate about people meeting Jesus. Amen. As am I. The question just goes back to is the extreme things necessary? So, um, so he said he crossed I love the line. you guys. I appreciate everybody that's been praying for us and sending us messages. And to anybody who just saw that three-minute clip, I really encourage you to go back and watch the whole message. There's some nice, nice little plug right there. I like this. Yo, Mike, not, Mike Todd knows what he's doing, man. Truth <laughs> and some life in there that could potentially change your whole life. Um, when Jesus uh, spit on that man, he was blind and then he could see. Um, for my brother who I love and uh, honor so much, I just called him. He was bald before I spit on him, and he's still bald today. So no miracle. <laughs> he, got, he got jokes. Here, and uh, so next time I'll rethink and do something differently. I love everybody. I'm praying for everybody. And uh, Transformation Nation, thank you for writing. We're going to represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. All right. It's never my intention to distract others from God's word on the message of Jesus, even with illustrations. I apologize for my example being too extreme and disgusting. I love everybody. Where do you go? He apologized. Do you guys think it's a solid apology? To apologize is to make right. Does he grow from here? How does he learn from this? How does how does this stuff not happen again? This isn't the first time an illustration went over the top and just hasn't been a good look. You know, this is the most wild with the most spread. I would have liked to see him say, yo, I apologize. And moving forward, we're, I'm going to bounce off every illustration idea off of my team, my elders, my, you know what I mean? Like, and people kept saying that, like, yo... He has elders. They do um, a sermon prep with a whole team of people. I'm like, how? Where? Where were they at? Who Who okayed this? I think this brother had it in his mind, made an impulsive decision, didn't bounce it off nobody, and it just came out bad. And then they, like, still aired it as such. Like, they trust his heart, I guess. Yeah, but here's the, here's the byproduct of trusting someone's heart is that our hearts are wicked. Even if we are Christians, we're going to fall short. We're going to miss it, so on and so forth. So, yes good, but I'll bring it back to this. This is how I say this, and some of you guys aren't going to like this. This Moses model for church. One guy gets a vision from God because he's on, he has a mountaintop experience with God, and everyone has to then get in line with what his vision was. And if he says something out of pocket, it's okay because God spoke to him. This is a lot of our modern churches 
with regards to how leadership is set up is it's very much so a one man's vision of how a church is going to go and that everyone comes around and supports what they are to do and say and and whatever vision pastor has you got to acknowledge whatever pastor says because god speaks to pastor god gave the vision to pastor i don't know if that's the motto for the new testament church i think we see co-elders i think we see people who can check each other and confront each other so on and so forth so is this an overflow of the institution of the church where now we have this Moses model and everyone has to submit to it and everyone just kind of got to roll with it. Do you think we as followers of Christ are maybe allowing distractions to overshadow what God is bringing through leaders like Pastor Mike Todd and, and Pastor Mike Charles? I don't know if we are or if they are allowing distractions to do that. I'm not saying this as a negative. Y'all think I'm saying this as a negative. Somebody called me yesterday and said I said this as a negative. If everything is about personality, swag, style, and aesthetic, and then the message coming through that, just go be an influencer. And this is why I said, yo, I think Mike Todd is more gifted and equipped to be an influencer than he is to be a local church pastor. And some of you guys found offense to that. I don't think that's that offensive because I'm not a local church pastor. (laughs) And it's extremely liberating to not have to locally shepherd a church while at the same time having the freedom to communicate with aesthetic and quality and all of these different things. That is the part where I think we can step into this space and right because because remember like transformation church they're not even meeting in person like it's a virtual thing the people you're hearing in the crowd are the staff you could just make dope youtube videos and you have the resources to and that is amazing and then create an online community and so on so because they're not even meeting in person so the message would still get out that we have to be careful, friends, to not slip into pragmatism. Like some of y'all are like, yo, well, he said in the sermon, 42,000 people gave their life to the Lord. Billy Graham at his peak said that when they looked at the people that came forward and made public declarations of faith, less than like 2% of those people ever got plugged into churches and got discipled. Just because somebody got numbers and success don't always mean it's good. Just because something is popular doesn't make it right. That's that's a different type of bias. Yo, 42,000 people. Okay, how many of those folks were baptized? How many of those folks in a small group? How many of those folks are living their life God's ways and really pressing into that, right? I don't know. I don't know. But I think God can use what Mike Todd is doing from an from a, from a open door, big door standpoint. Praise God for that. Boom. That's amazing. And then get people plugged into local small ecclesia bodies I, then I beg the question, does it need to be done on a church stage as if it's a service with a crowd of 50 people that are the staff hyping it up and there's no real audience there? It's just to go out and shoot movies, fam. Go out and shoot fire 20 minute YouTube videos because you're operating more of a as a content creator. Like y'all think that that's. That's mean. I'm not being mean. I'm telling you that there are brothers that didn't fit into the mold of what it means to be a pastor. And and they're way more f- f- fulfilled doing what I'm doing or what Alan Parr, John McCray is doing than if they were to try to fit into a Sunday, a Sunday morning capacity. And, uh, and that's not a knock. That is a point towards liberty. A lot of y'all here. You love Jesus and you love music. That don't mean you need to be a worship leader. That don't mean your call is to be the next Maverick City Music. That don't mean that your call is to be the next pastor of some mega church. You're, this can make something totally, this can mean something totally different for you. 
right? This can mean, or it, it, because listen, being a local church pastor is one of the most difficult, hardest things you could possibly do. Most church pastors I know, they're, they're, they're tired, they're burnt out, they're dealing with mental health issues, there's strains on their families. That's a very difficult job. But a lot of brothers, they're not wired to be shepherds. They're not wired to counsel you through your issues. They're communicators, man. They're evangelists, right? And so you got folks that are trying to fit themselves into an institution that wasn't designed for them. And then we're wondering, well, why is this not working? Why are they struggling? Why does there seem to be this consistent pattern of burnout from these megachurch pastors over and over, whether it's the Carl Lentz's, whether it's the Brian Houston's, whether all these scandals that are happening, why does this, why is this a pattern? Mark Driscoll, so on and so forth. And then what does he do? He leaves, he goes, starts another church. Then they stop and go do another thing, right? They, maybe you're just supposed to write books. Maybe you're supposed to go make movies. Maybe you're supposed to go do something totally different. You don't need to squeeze your way into this role that maybe you weren't even cut out for. I'm much more of an evangelist and a preacher than I am a pastor shepherd. If, if I was your pastor, it wouldn't be good because you'd come to me and say, Ruslan, I'm struggling with this. And I'll say, well, did you do the last thing God told you to do? Well, no. Okay, meeting over, right? <laughs> like, I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not I'm not the guy that's going to sit there and listen to all your problems and, 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 and play, not play, but like re rehash the same thing over and over. But there are guys that by the grace of God, man, they are wired for that. They'll sit there and they'll, 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 they'll walk you through life. They'll love on you. They'll, right? They're more, they, they got, they're way more patient. I'm just going to be like, yo, well, did you do A, B, and C? Uh, the last thing I told, oh, I, you know, you didn't do, well, go do the last thing I told you to do. And that, when I was trying to force myself in being a local pastor, that is how it went. And I was frustrated because I'm like, yo, these stiff-necked people, they, I'm telling them what to do. They don't want to do what I'm telling them to do. I'm telling you what to do and what the scripture says, but you don't want to listen to me. And then they're frustrated with me because they're, well, Rusan is just so harsh. He's just so harsh. Yeah, I told you, don't date this person because it's going to end badly and you dated this person anyway and it ended badly. What are we talking about? This is the, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not that guy. I am not a shepherd. I am not a local church pastor. And so <laughs> there's a lot of brothers like me. I promise you there's a lot of brothers like me that are like, fam, you're not cut out, you're not cut out to be that guy. You're not built that way. You know what I mean? And and, and and there's other brothers that like, they'll sit there and they'll love you and they'll walk through you and you'll make the same mistake over and over. You'll fall on your face over and over. They'll sit there. They'll, they'll pray with you. They'll come to you when, when, when you, they, they, they told you don't date that person. You dated that person that you, 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 you were then sexually immoral. That person then cheated on you. You got your heart broken. They knew you was going to get your heart broken, but they still show up and love you. Man, that is such a specific, that is such a specific gifting, guys. And you got a bunch of folks that don't have that gifting that are trying to force themselves into being local local, local pastors. It has nothing to do with, with having a bland personality. Uh, it's, about, it's about, one, are you, are you qualified as a follower of Jesus to lead others? Is, there, is, are you, is your life above reproach? According to scripture, not my opinion, I am not an elder, I am not a local church pastor, but there is a standard and an expectation that pastors are to have. Let's look it up. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children be, be, uh, believe 
and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedience, disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violence, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, one who is controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Okay, that's a very specific list of what an elder is supposed to be, according to Scripture. Uh, again, an elder is an overseer of a church. First Timothy, this is First Timothy 3.1. Here's a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble cause. So being an overseer, being an elder, is, desire, is desiring a noble cause, right? Now, now, the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert. He uh, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Honest question. Is it even possible for a man in his early 30s to meet those requirements to be an elder of a church? Remove your confirmation bias. Remove the fact that you like certain personalities. Remove the fact that someone's funny and they can make you laugh. Remove all that stuff and ask yourself, is it even possible for someone to be in their early 30s and meet all those requirements of an elder. So if that's the requirement, I don't even know if someone that's 25, 31 can meet all those requirements. You, we can easily slip into the cult of personality and ignore all the passages I just read. And to be clear, again, go back, watch my first Mike Todd video. Um, he was butchering and mishandling the scriptures earlier on when he was saying stuff like all ambition is evil. It's not, uh, 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 he's a bad guy. It's like he's positioned into something that maybe is not a sweet spot. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Be sure to check out the links in the description for some free resources, including a free How to Study My Bible course, a free Find Your Niche course if you're looking to get into the YouTube space, and a free Master My Habits course. And check out some of these videos over here from me and YouTube to you that are related to this video. Thank you so much for checking us out, and I will see you guys later. Peace.